There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to the Horticulture Week podcast. I'm Rachel Forsyth, senior reporter at Fort Week. And since it's International Women's Day this week... We have got an exceptional woman on the podcast, Joe Hedger, arborist extraordinaire. Welcome, Joe. How are you? Yeah, hi. Very good. Thank you very much. Thank you for uh, asking me on. No, it's an absolute pleasure. So, what's keeping you busy at the moment? Um, so, as an arborist at the moment, uh, autumn going into spring is uh, a really busy time for um, pr- pruning. Um, so, yeah, we're really busy at the moment doing a lot of uh, large pruning jobs before March. Oh, of course, of course. Last year, you won the Female European Tree Climbing Championship, which I think was your sixth mm-hmm. win. Is that correct? Yeah, that was my sixth European title. And it was also my fifth, so the same year uh, was my fifth world title as well. So it was quite a good year last year. Oh, wow. Wow. What are those competitions like? What's the experience like? Oh, they're, they're great. Um they're, they're great. I mean, if you if you know nothing about climbing and you were just spectating, they are fascinating because you mm. have no idea that people can move through the trees freely, like as freely as possible. I mean, we're all roped in. Yeah. Uh, but it's as, as free movement and fast and um, we don't use chainsaws. It's all just... Uh, moving around the canopy as quickly and as efficiently, efficiently as possible. So from a mm. spectator's point of view, it's it's fascinating. Um, and then from a climbing point of view, it's it's really benefited myself as um as an arborist. So it's really educational. I've learned a huge amount. I mean, if I was still climbing the way I was taught at college, I would I wouldn't be I wouldn't be climbing now as an arborist because the techniques are quite basic when you first learn so it's very physical right. whereas now there's a lot more modern techniques and equipment and uh, yeah lo- loads of things I've learned from the competitions so really beneficial it, it, I mean I've seen it and it is incredible to watch it's so entertaining what are they judging you on uh, a number of things I mean uh, speed is obviously one of the key points but the whole 
reason for the competition originally was to educate the public on what an arborist was or is. Okay. So yeah. that was the whole reason. So although speed comes into it, we technically aren't running around the trees and wrecking them, uh, breaking branches <laughs> and things like that. We we have to go quickly, but we have to be efficient. Uh, so they're looking at the smoothness, um, how careful we are with the tree as well, the route that we take. Uh, they're judging our ability on equipment, how we're using it, um, and also how we how as how we talk as well, because there's elements of communication as well. Because when you're an arborist, you're not just working on your own; you're working with other people. So yeah, there's a there's a lot of elements to it. Yeah, a lot to take in. How does it feel to to have those wins under your belt and so many as well? It's so impressive. Oh, it's great. I mean, I mean, I never. There's another thing I accidentally kind of got into. I didn't know that there was competitions to do with tree climbing so I I kind Mm. of just stumbled across it and I was in intrigued by it because I was same thing I could I could climb around a tree at work with a chainsaw but I'd never seen anyone move quickly or run along branches so I was fascinated but (laughs) and so inspired but um I, I I never I never set out to try and win anything it just you know the more I did the more I didn't do very well, the more it inspired me to want to do better. So nice, yeah. It, it, it kind of—I never kind of got defeated. I was more like, okay, I'm not quite good enough, but maybe I can learn and practice and things like that. And then over the years, obviously, I've got better, and and um, my my uh, ability seems to have improved the longer I've gone on. Which is kind of—it's a bit backward. Most sports, you're you're probably when you're younger in your prime should we say yeah that's true that's very true but uh it's still physical but it's a lot of it's mental as well and planning and you know it's experience of what you've done wrong in the past basically as well so yeah there's another element to it not just the physical side as well yes yeah, and it's good healthy competition isn't it that kind of um yeah gives you that motivation oh, yeah, no it's great yeah 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 no it's really friendly environment too that's good I can imagine that. I mean, it's such a supportive industry in general, isn't it? So it's kind of like they always say, you know, at Chelsea and things like that, that's such a nice sharing environment. And I imagine it's similar at competitions like that. Oh, yeah, it's it's um it's a really strange environment because you would expect, particularly when you get to like the world championships, you'd expect that everyone is focused and they don't talk to each other and they don't help. But it's strange. You still because you're all friends and you kind of help each other. And I think ultimately we come from a an industry where we are a team. Mm. So a climber, a climber is only as good as their ground staff because they can help each other and they see different things. So it's it, it it's it's very hard to go to a competition and watch a fellow climber almost go to make a mistake because they take the wrong route. Yeah. Because you, at, at work you would always say, oh, you know, look at this angle or whatever. Oh, of course. So yeah, we kind of just everyone does it. And it's yeah. it's a bizarre thing to be in competition with someone, yet you're all kind of helping each other. So before I came into this industry, I had absolutely no idea what an arborist was. Were you a little bit more aware than I was? How did you first hear about it? Uh, no, I didn't actually know what an arborist was, um, or I didn't really know about arboriculture. Yeah. I kind of accidentally came across it I suppose <laughs> uh, my dad my dad did forestry so like growing up I was always around timber and chainsaws and things like that so I was around 
that kind of um, industry, I suppose. And then I didn't really know what I wanted to do as a career. So I actually decided to go into horticulture originally. And uh, I went to college to basically start studying horticulture. Uh, and I realised that I like being outside. And But I noticed that when we learnt more about trees, I was a lot more engaged in that. And anyway, so at the college they also did a boriculture and in the first couple of weeks they climbed trees around the college campus so I was like oh what's that what are they doing (laughs) that looks like good fun um so yeah I I basically did my first year of horticulture and then I changed to a boriculture once I kind of found out what it was and yeah loved it (laughs) fell in love yeah and where did you go from there because I know you set up Arborventure Tree Care in 2005 right but what happened between then, I suppose? Um, so I basically worked for a couple of uh, small local tree tree care companies uh, near where I'm based in, in Hampshire. Mm-hmm. And um, I started doing, so that was for, that was for about two years after I left college. And then my progression was kind of, I did a little bit of my own work and, and the way that my dad brought me up was um you know being self-employed and things like that so he taught me a lot about how how to run business and things like that that's a handy um, person to have yeah yeah no he taught me a lot of uh really good useful life skills as far as business goes so anyway so I kind of realized that maybe I should do it a bit more on my own sort of thing I probably in hindsight was probably still very young maybe Mm. to do it on my like because I was still in my like early 20s but I have no regrets starting business that, that young. Um, yeah. I, I had to learn a lot of things, but, uh, yeah, no, it's grown really well, so very pleased. Is there anything you'd do a bit differently looking back now at the start? Um, probably not really. Mm. Um, like I say, I, w- I, was quite, I was quite young, and obviously being female as well, it was, it was, it was quite a rare thing in a borough culture, particularly at that time, because uh, I'm going back now, twenty years ago. Yeah. So, it. But you know, I never really had any problems, and I never really sort of faced anything that was a as a problem. And I, like mm. I say, I had a, I had got good guidance from my dad as far as business goes. So I probably wouldn't change anything. No, I learn a lot. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of learning grounds, isn't it? So. Yeah. It's just just the way it went. Yeah. And how did you grow that business through the years? Uh pretty slow to start with like most businesses in the first sort of three years sort of thing um I kind of had to work out what my market was as such where what kind of tree it sounds funny about what your market is thinking it's just trees but you know (laughs) um what I mean by that is what kind of work do you want to do because you know you could just cut down trees you can just drop branches and use chainsaws and things like that but um I had a I had a good skill for climbing difficult trees and rigging and taking down difficult trees or pruning really nice trees and making a really good job of it to make sure that the tree was pruned correctly. So I had a I had a few years trying to work out what kind of I don't know market whether it's private or commercial yeah. um, customers I wanted to kind of uh, market ourselves to. Um, so that took a few years and then. Yeah, just slowly built it, getting good employees. That was a really key point. Yeah, how many um, members do you have of the team now? Uh, at the moment, we have eight. 
Oh, okay. Which uh, I would be... I could easily increase that, but I do not want to because okay. we're, we're a happy number. Mm. More people, more problems, and less, <laughs> less, of, less doing of what I like, if that makes sense, because I, I still like climbing trees, so eight is a really good number. Yeah, I was going to ask that. How, how much time do you find yourself still climbing those trees versus in the office kind of trying to just run the business day to day? Yeah, so I, I, uh, I tried to avoid being in the office too much because most people I knew that were good at climbing and then ran their own business, their biggest um, complaint was that they ended up doing office work, which yeah. wasn't the reason that they originally went into a borough culture. It's just the way it happened. Mm. Um, so I kind of I tried to really build the business around good people in the office that were able to do uh, the job for me. Uh, I still have to do a lot of office, um, you know, based stuff, but not nowhere near. You know, I don't answer the phone. I don't have to deal with emails. Um, So, yeah, I have really good office staff that can do that. And um, I try to go out climbing probably two or three times a week. And the rest of the time is um, looking at trees for customers and other other activities well yeah I think that's so true and it's I know a lot of the time um that kind of passion and love for something like um arboriculture it's difficult to turn that into a business because you don't have those skills necessarily and you know it's such a big thing and you haven't necessarily gone on a course to learn how to run a business so it's great that you had your dad but it's also great that you you're kind of bringing in those skills as well yeah I mean it's like any anything anybody that's um has a passion or a skill for something, they then decide, oh, I can make this into a business. They don't necessarily have the skill for business. They just have the skill yeah. for the um, whatever it is that they're trying to, to, to sell. But, yeah, you either have to learn to do the business, like you say, have guidance from someone else, or um, mm. you have to learn to let other people do the business bit for you, which yeah. is hard. It's hard to let other people do things for you when you, oh, when you sure. run a business. You have yeah, you have to let them let them do their job. Yeah, it's like your like baby, isn't it? You don't want yeah. to necessarily give up that control bit. What are some of your other career highlights over the years? One of the things is becoming ARB approved um, from the ARB Association. It was something that was kind mm-hmm. of a bit of a business goal to kind of get. Not necessarily not necessarily to achieve work from it some people use it as a way of gaining contracts or things commercially with with companies it wasn't necessarily that it was more just a personal goal from a business point of view you know do I have things in place uh what things can I do to improve my business and and to be fair it really highlighted a lot of things that I wasn't really doing very well with um you know things in place with health and safety and things like that I was okay I, I as in from a business point of view, making sure the paperwork was in place and legislation, things maybe I wasn't quite so familiar with. Um, mm. So that was really good. It was a real achievement. I yeah. think I did. I think we did that about 10 or 12, maybe, maybe a bit longer now, maybe about 15 years ago we achieved that. Um, so that was, a, that was a sort of a business goal of mine. Um, and then yeah, some of the, some of the work that we've done, you know, we've worked on some very sort of historic trees, and I, I live in the the New Forest, so there's a lot of um, 
ancient oaks in, in particular yeah and, and it's quite fascinating mm. to think that some of the trees that we work on no one's ever climbed before or we're able to like veteranize them and look after them and so yeah there's yeah there's a lot of special sites that we've worked at that are very unique and um quite special that we've worked on those trees really kind of an honor really yeah they are gorgeous trees they really are one of my favorites yeah. And um, what would you say are some of the biggest challenges facing this industry at the moment? Uh, probably the recognition of the professionalism of it as an industry. Yeah. Uh, so if you take it on par with, let's say, an electrician, um, homeowners or even commercial customers would be prepared to pay the rate that an electrician, for example, would charge them. Yeah. But for some reason, because arboriculture or just tree surgery is the common term, has always been seen as a bit of a, well, you've got a ladder and a chainsaw and a truck and you just cut the branch yeah. off. It, it Technically, yes, anyone can do it, uh, but there's a lot of skill involved in it. There's a lot of knowledge and um, yeah. ability and equipment and all the, like I say, the business side of it that I think is still lacking. It's getting better, but I still think there's a... There's a big difference in our industry professional-wise um, for recognition of what we do as a, yeah. as, a, as an industry. So I think... 100%. I think that, and obviously that goes in tow with uh, money and payments and obviously what, what we can pay our employees. I mean, they do a really dangerous job. You know, we're climbing, you know, let's say 30 metres on a 12-millimetre piece of rope with a chainsaw that cuts it you know 20 meters per second and then you're cutting branches and anchor points that aren't rated and it's all wood and you know there's lots of things about our industry and you know the education that we have that I, I really would hope that in the next I don't know 10 10 15 years it's really recognized it's definitely getting better but it's definitely not the same as other industries that don't have quite the risk factor should we say yeah, I think you can have a lot of people screaming in agreement to that for sure. Is there anything we we ourselves can be doing to kind of help move that along? It's just it's just promotion really to um the wider the wider world, the public really. I mean going back to when I like you asked me earlier on about the first couple of years when I started business you know you yeah. you take any job you know any, any job you did and if the customer said oh it's far too expensive you you'd bring the price down this and that and and over the years I've just got to the point where I'm just like no I will I'll confidently say to that person you want me to do it you've specifically said that you want us to do it and you've given the reasons why and the reasons yeah. why that is the price it is, is because you're getting a good service, there's four members of staff, there's machinery, we're getting rid of it. And and that's because I kind of try and educate the customer. But if if the customers could yeah. be educated first, you know, from promotion, from our industry bodies and whether... Uh, our industry is aware of it, but all the advertising, the way I see it, all the advertising and the promotion of what we do is is all within our industry already yeah rather than yeah. the joe public because most people if 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 i go to something an event and somebody says oh what do you do for a living if i said to them i'm an arborist or i'm in a boroculture mm. they pr 
probably won't know what that is. But if you said to them they were, you were in horticulture or agriculture, they would know what that is. So yeah. it's just it's just uh, recognition, isn't it, of what it what what an arborist is and what they do. You said kind of right at the beginning that there weren't many women in ARB when you first started. Mm -hmm. Is, has that changed? What's your experience of that nowadays? Uh, there's definitely, definitely more than, you know, when I started, you know, it was, it, it was, it was pretty much unheard of that a female would, would climb trees. Um, you'd get them on the ground using chainsaws and things, but you wouldn't really get them up in the top of the trees. So, yeah, it's definitely more... Um, common now or maybe more I don't know going to say like accepted you know it's not as much of a surprise yeah. when so, when you say to somebody what you do but it's now ex you know acceptable or it's recognized that w women do do this industry which is great and they have a lot of skills yeah to add to our industry that um that men generally might not not might not see it's just the way that w women generally think differently about tasks they approach things rightly or wrongly it doesn't matter how you look at it they may overthink it but they will think th something before acting which can also be a downfall you know I'm, uh, me myself I may over plan yeah. something and overdo something whereas the guys that, that work for me just I just get on with it just do it and they're like oh, okay let's just do it but um so there's that side of it and, and actually as a mixed uh group of people on a site male and female it works really well there's a, a good dynamic between um what each uh person can can give and yeah. um and also physical differences just because a female may not be as physically strong as a male. That means that they're they may be lighter, so they're mm. pruning. You know, they'd be really good at small pruning jobs. Whereas, you know, you get a big heavy guy, they're not going to be able to prune the end of a a light no. maple tree that's going to be snapping easily. So yeah, <laughs> there's there's a lot of benefits and and disadvantages to to both sides really. Yeah, I mean that diversity in a team is why it's so important, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, it works. What would you say is the biggest misconception about art work, whether that's from the public or people maybe trying to, to come into the industry? Um, so somebody coming into the industry, uh, the misconception is they're going to get paid loads of money because they're going to be a climber. <laughs> because there is. Because you, it's strange because when you actually start going into it, you think, oh, hold on a minute, I'm climbing trees, I'm at height, and I've got to do all this training. Yeah, it makes sense. You think you're going to be paid extremely well, but like I said earlier, you can only pay in relation to what a customer wants to be able to pay. So there's yeah. that maybe that misconception. Um, and then maybe the public, they have very little prior knowledge or uh, realisation of how much knowledge and skill that we have as a, an arborist, the way we climb around a tree and how we can... It's actually quite an artistic. Um, it is. You know, reducing tree, reducing trees is actually really artistic. You have to really see the finished project uh, product before you've cut the branch off. Yeah. So you have to really. It's a really. It's a really big skill, and you know the amount of machinery and the cost of everything. And and it's interesting talking to a customer beforehand, saying, "Look, I agree. You think 
you may think it's quite expensive, but mm. trust me, you're going to have this, this and this done. We're going to get rid of it. Da, 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 da. Yeah. You do the job. And what's interesting afterwards is the customer will say to you, wow, I had no idea that you could do that to the tree, yeah. that you had all that machinery. You know, they look at a chipper, for example, and they, they obviously they, they love the chipper because <laughs> you put a branch in, it makes a noise and little little bits of chip come out the back end of it. And um, people love that. It's pretty cool. <laughs> well, they think about their garden waste. They suddenly think, oh, that's a good way of getting rid of all that rubbish. <laughs> um, so they say, oh, you know, how much is one of those? And I and I look. I normally look at their car, and I say, "Well, your your car's cheaper than that that chipper." And they're like, "What? Yeah, <laughs> like you just put it on the back of a vehicle and drive it around, and it's more than my car." I'm like, "Yeah, that's like, and we have a number of them, and we have to maintain them and things like that." So yeah, yeah, it, it's it's they always realise after the event. So yeah. maybe the misconception at the beginning is how how skilled and and what what an arborist can actually do. so much for chatting to me today joe my, my last question is one we ask every guest and it is what plant would you take to a desert island <laughs> um so if it was about me surviving i'd probably take an apple tree uh-huh yeah because they look nice when they they uh, <laughs> they uh they bloom and uh and then you could eat the apple hopefully if it was a nice apple yeah um but uh, they're not that great for climbing. So if it was <laughs> if it was something that was fun that I could then climb forever, mm. um, and it's going to be dry because it's on a desert island, I would say a beech tree, nice open crown beech tree, big spreading limbs, nice bone dry to run around on. Be- and still quite beautiful as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, a copper beech. There we go. I'll have a copper beech. <laughs> It'll look look really nice. What is your favourite tree? Do you have one? Um, beach, beach is definitely oak, English oak, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. majestic sort of big old oaks. And um, I really like tulip trees, but you don't get too many of them. Oh, yeah, I don't think I've seen one. Very rarely do you get them in flower. Um, so, yeah, a, tulip, oh. a good tulip tree that hasn't nice. been pruned as well, because sometimes when they get <laughs> pruned, they, look, they quite, look quite ugly. But, yeah, an untouched tulip tree in flower is pretty cool. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Joe, again. No problem. It's been a pleasure. I'm Rachel Forsyth, and this has been the Horticulture Week podcast. Make sure you never miss one. Subscribe or follow Horticulture Week podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or your preferred podcast platform. If you are interested in producing a podcast with Horticulture Week, email us at hortweek at haymarket.com. Huge thank you again to Joe, and goodbye for now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.